An expert on Pacific geopolitics says the United States will find that it is returning to a very different Pacific Islands region to the one it disengaged from several decades ago. Today, the United States Vice President Kamala Harris has assured Pacific Islands Forum leaders meeting in Suva that Washington will significantly deepen its engagement in the region. Mrs. Harris joined the regional leaders on Wednesday morning to announce half a dozen new commitments to signal America's renewed involvement. She said the U.S. recognized that it did not provide the diplomatic attention and support that Pacific Islands deserved in recent years, but she says that will now change. Joining me is Massey University Senior Lecturer in Security Studies, Dr. Anna Poles. Kia ora, Anna. Welcome back on Pacific Waves. So exactly what kind of a Pacific region is the U.S. coming back into? Well, Vanaka Koroi, thank you very much for having me back. I think it was it's, it's useful to consider what a couple of the leaders uh, have said over the last 24 hours. Uh, Fiji's Prime Minister, Banimarama, uh, obviously Fiji's chairing the forum this year. Uh, he made the comment after uh, U.S. Vice President Harris uh, gave her talk uh, to the forum uh, that the U.S. was to become a Pacific partner like like never before. Uh, but interestingly, uh, Henry Puna, the Secretary General of the Pacific Islands Forum, he uh, he said that. Th- the announcement showed deep substance behind the United States' commitment to the region after it had been uh, largely absent. Uh, and, the, and it's interesting also that New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern also, also referred to the US having been absent from the region for a long time. So the United States is coming back into a Pacific which has changed. Uh, the region is different. Uh, it's been several decades since we've had any substantive US presence. and. That yes, obviously, uh, strategic competition uh, has become a, a, a significant dynamic in the Pacific. But I think also what perhaps the United States doesn't realize, uh, or perhaps is beginning to realize, is how much the Pacific itself has changed in the last 20 years. And that's something that they will really be needing to grapple with. Uh, how the Pacific itself has changed, what issues are important in the region. I'm not just talking about climate change, but also the importance around issues like self-determination, for instance, Uh, but also the fact that there are long-standing issues which remain critically important, such as anti-nuclear stance, for instance. Now, they've announced some money to go with this. It sounds a lot on paper and up front. Um, How does it compare to what's already been given and is being given from other players in the region? Well, so Harris, uh, Vice President Harris announced uh, that the United States is, and the language is really important here, so that the United States is prepared to request from the US Congress 60 million per year for the next two, 10 years, which nearly triples the current levels uh, and it's 600 million in total, and connecting it, with, connecting it with the new economic assistance agreement with the Foreign Fisheries Agency. So obviously, congressional approval is required in order to have these funds released. So we really need to have a better idea about the breakdown of these funds, what is guaranteed and what is dependent on congressional approval. Obviously, if the sum is, is approved, then it is going to make a substantial difference. That is, it is, does make an important contribution uh, to existing levels of uh, 
economic assistance provided to the region. But again, we don't know whether or not it's guaranteed. There are certain caveats around that. And, and also we need to have a clearer idea about how much of this is also linked through to the North Pacific, to the Compact of Free Association States. For instance, 350 million in annual US assistance to the Pacific is also touted. So what is that, how does that actually break down? There's a lot of details here that we don't yet have. How much of this this deep engagement, re-engagement, is the United States coming back into the Pacific for the Pacific countries with the interests of the Pacific countries in mind? And how much of it is sending a message to China? I think it's important to recognize that the the US Indo-Pacific coordinator, Kurt Campbell, uh, who is really championing uh, re-engagement uh, with the Pacific in Washington. He was also the architect of the, of the pivot uh, to the Asia Pacific. Uh, and back in 2012, he was very, again, very, very much championing re-engagement with the Pacific then also. Now, of course, we do have to recognize uh, that the US has a, has a vested interest in re-engaging with the Pacific because of the strategic competition. Um, and because of concerns about the nature and extent of Chinese influence in the Pacific. In, in Vice President Kamala Harris's speech at the Pacific Islands Forum this week, she, she talks about the international rules-based order and she refers to a time when we see bad actors seeking to undermine the rules-based order, we must stand united. So clearly there is messaging there from the United States uh, to the Pacific Island Forum members, uh, but also more broadly about a key driver for US engagement in the region, which is very much about upholding the rules-based order. Apart from all the, the geopolitics, this is the Pacific Islands Forum. How has the regional agenda been going in your view? Thanks, Koroi. It's a great question because it's very easy to be distracted by the geopolitics. But we have to remember that uh, tomorrow at the leaders meeting, the forum leaders will be endorsing the 2050 strategy for the Blue Pacific Continent, which charts out the, the region's vision, the leaders' vision for the region. And, it, and it's heavy on emphasis around the Pacific Way, around the Pacific family, uh, your regional solidarity and unity. And yes, of course, that has been tested a little um, over the past week with uh, Kiribati's announcement. But we have to remember, too, that there's an enormous amount of work that's taking place, uh, very innovative work. This is Pacific-led, Pacific-driven. Uh, and it's going to be really important that that focus is not lost. And this is exactly why the forum uh, leaders chose to meet without the dialogue partners meeting immediately afterwards because they, you know, they didn't want to lose that focus on what Pacific priorities are. And of course, we'll be wanting to hear, you know, does Australia with uh, Prime Minister Albanese's first uh, meeting attendance at the forum, will Australia be making some significant commitments while they're uh, in Suva? Uh, these are things that we'll be watching for over the next couple of days. Yunaka Anna, and for those of you interested, you can listen to the full extended version of that interview with Anna online via our website rnzi.com or in the individual podcast segments of Pacific Waves.